Good morning, Multiverse. Hey there, Hepcats, cool kittens, friends, and foes. Welcome to Back of the Cereal Box. This morning, we have got an action-packed show. We've got guest hosts, we've got guest stars, and we're going to talk about our favorite Christmas movies because it is the most wonderful time of the year. I got that completely wrong, but we're going to do that right now. All right, guys and gals, please welcome our regular co-hosts. I am, of course, the prophet of pop culture, John Pica, the Star Wars fanatic, the Avengers Freakosaurus, and with us is gamer girl extraordinaire, Aubrey Brewer, sporting some uh, pretty cool uh, eyewear there. My eyes hurt this morning, so uh, I don't have anti-reflective glasses. They're just the the screen I forgot what they're called. They look cool, though. <laughs> well, thank you. You look like the gamer girl. And also, making it after all, after she told us she would not be joining us this morning, the one, the only, the legendary D-Bar-T. How you doing, D? I still have no sound from you. <laughs> you got to turn on your, your, your microphone. But watch this, ladies. Watch what happened. Watch what I learned how to do. I knew it. <laughs> so, D, you keep working on that. It's the cam mic button that's down at the bottom of the screen. It's on, she says. Something's not on. Maybe, maybe you should disconnect and reconnect. Yeah, that might work. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. Also joining us is a very special guest host, the legendary J.R. Otto, who is, in my opinion, the finest female vocalist I have ever heard in my lifetime. That's a pretty big loaded statement, but all right, cool. <laughs> J.R. Otto was, is a, well, was, is... Always will be a uh, former bombshell kitten. And we have been up and down the road together, and I got some stories. You wouldn't be the only and, one. And joining us, uh, oh, see, Debartee is back. Let's see what happens. Debartee, can we hear you? Can you hear me? Yes. Yay. 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 Now, I have been told that I can actually boost your mic. How can I do that? Let me see. I'm going to... Oh, look at this. Speak, D. Oh, like I need to be any louder. <laughs> well, you're you're a little bit down. Give me what? a one, two, three. One, two, three. All right, that's better. And finally, rounding out this Motley crew... The man, the myth, the legend, the radical liberal, Lucas Leverett. How you doing, Lucas? Great. Good to see you guys this morning. Great to see you. And look look what else I learned how to do. Uh-oh. <laughs> I can spotlight people. I've been I've been I've been doing some studying. So for those of you who are joining us for the first time this morning, this is back of the cereal box and the idea of the show is to recapture that feeling we had when we were sitting around the couch as kids watching cartoons on Saturday morning. We've got our big bowls of cereal. And DVRT, do you got your Dunkin' Donuts smoking cereal? Do you really? So this morning I am sporting Honey Nut Frost Flakes. And she's got the Dunkin' Donuts mocha. And... Um, JR, you're looking at me weird. Yeah. That looks nasty. What? <laughs> it's not. It's Why do you mind might be worse. Material. Like the original Frosted Flakes is enough. Why do they got to mess no. with it? I'm this is epic. Epic. It looks, it looks fascinating. 
<laughs> Lucas, what are you, what are you uh, actually chowing on? As much. I am eating the very last of some generic Aldi uh, honey bunches of oats or something. Ooh, my, love honey bunches. My thirteen-year-old mm -hmm. polished off the generic Aldi frosted or uh, cinnamon toast crunch. I was dismayed last night when I found out that that whole box disappeared in like three days. But I'm going to console myself with some yogurt. Part of this complete breakfast. Well, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, I it's think, is the best cereal ever made. Yes, D. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just talk about this for a second. So, me. Okay. everybody that knows me knows that I don't like cereal, but knows that mm. I love coffee. We even talked about this on the show. I don't know if you might remember. <laughs> anyway. Hey, we'll get along just fine, D. Best friend is like, I'm going to find you some coffee cereal. And I'm like, okay. So she did. So this one is, oh, I don't know where my camera is. Okay. Caramel Macchiato from mm. Dunkin' Donuts. And it tastes like a, like you're chewing a Frappuccino. Here. And then there's the mocha one. Nice. And then. And so she knows that I love coffee, and I probably won't eat the cereal, but my kids eat it, and they actually like it. She so got me this so cool coffee cup, and whenever you put, I can see it or not, when it gets hot, you get background. You probably see it. But <coughs> anyway, it's cool. really cool. It changes color. And I'm just like, thank you, Jennifer, my best friend ever. I thought it was so sweet. All right. I do so like the cup. Aubrey, did I see that you're uh, chowing on some raisin bran? So I don't eat raisin bran. I like for raisin. obvious reasons. Raisin bran is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> see, see, he's too hooked on that that modified mutated version of frosted flakes. <laughs> no, so every time, every time. I go to the grocery store. I uh, <clears throat> I buy a roll of toilet paper, whether I need it or not, just so that I can ask the clerk this judgment question. Mm. You think I have enough toilet paper for the amount of groceries I bought? <laughs> and she might be like, I don't know. Are you going to eat the Raisin Bran really soon? That's, I, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were gonna ask if they if they're a, a over or under toilet paper roller, and that's why you wanted to ask a judgment question. Mm. Mm. <laughs> all right, now, so I tried to meet you guys at the junk food level. I added, I smeared chocolate syrup all over this just to make it a little worse because I felt like I would be behind on the on the junk food. So, well, <laughs> I can respect that. That's that's good. <laughs> I can respect that. So, um. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna mix up the the outline for a little bit here a minute because we need to talk about the afterglow. Now, Jr., have you been into the Mandalorian? Have you been watching it? No. Okay. So I don't even know what it is. That's okay. That's okay. Oh, Just no. buckle up and follow along with us. Uh, okay. Because D, did you get to watch it last night? You did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so I just need to put this up there on the graphic. I like the shirt. <laughs> we are going to be talking about some some things that we can't talk about without spoilers. Because this episode, the season 2 finale, chapter 16, The Rescue was absolutely epic. And um well, I don't know any other way to put this, Lucas, but I've watched it three times now. Oh, wow. And every moment, I, I just, well, it's it's this moment. Spoiler alert. This moment. I know. I lose my mind. <laughs> I lost mine at green lightsaber. Yeah, my same. Yeah. 
um, though I still held out the possibility. I was doubting it, and my son said, there's a black glove. It's so totally him. And what's funny is my 13-year-old was disappointed. He wasn't like, this episode is ruined disappointed, but he was disappointed because for his age group, it's too easy to keep hanging it on Luke. He wanted to he's entitled to feel that way. He can feel that way all he wants. Um, you know, he might have been jazz for Ahsoka because she's kind of in his mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. era, but um he was less thrilled than I was. I was on the edge of my seat. Uh, you know, I was also waiting for a swerve. I wasn't sure. Just because there's a black glove and a green lightsaber oh, I, doesn't mean, I knew. you know, that they might not swerve me. So I had to wait until that moment you're talking about to be sure. But yeah, at green lightsaber, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was too. I was like, oh, 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 ah, ah. I literally well, was like, you know, like for me, it was funny because, um, after the Ahsoka episode, I was asking my boyfriend, I was like, do you think that they'll bring um, Luke back? Because it's right after, it takes place right after episode six, so that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been saying that Luke Skywalker was coming since the end of the first season, first episode. Because I saw no other logical endgame. Now, it's funny, Lucas, because my son, who is 20, he'll be 21, had the exact same reaction as your 13-year-old. He was like, oh, come on. That's way too easy, is, is what he said. He's like, couldn't it have been anyone other than Luke? And I'm like, no, no. Because a lot of fans wanted it to be Ezra Bridger. From the yeah. Rebel series. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I understand why they did. It, it could have made sense. And they could have made it make sense. Especially when Ahsoka dropped Grand Admiral Thrawn's name. Right. Everyone was like, ooh, Ezra Bridger is going to be the Jedi that finds him. But that would have been just as too easy. Yeah. I think. Well, I think it, uh, it wouldn't have the impact. There's mm-hmm. a complete cross-cultural impact of Luke Skywalker that's not available to a character that most of us haven't really been exposed to that are long-term fans. I mean, even even in our household, we haven't watched the whole thing. We've watched a little bit of Rebels. It's great. I'm not taking anything away from Rebels. But one of the things that didn't keep me into Rebels was I wasn't exactly seeing a lot of Jedi. So it's like, eh, whatever. This will be like Clone Wars. I'll get around to it. I'll, or I'll watch the highlight episodes that some guy on a blog recommends. Um, so I don't think it would have landed the same way. It wouldn't have had people like me and you and, and maybe all you guys up off the edge of the seat going nuts for it like Luke. And I think I'd rather see all of us thrilled and the younger ones like, eh, okay, <laughs> than all of us going, what? And all the younger ones being like, huh. <laughs> Luke's the only one I wanted, uh, I trusted with Grogu, though. <laughs> He's that's the only true. one I trusted. So that's why I really wanted it to be him if it wasn't Ahsoka training him. And um, I thought maybe, if anything, it would be like a wild card, like uh, since the games are canon, um, maybe they would bring Cal. Cal Kestis? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, that was like the only other one I really thought would. If it wasn't going to be Luke, it would be a wild card like that. But Dibarty, what did yeah. your family? How did your family react to Luke Skywalker? <laughs> uh, well, okay, so my husband told me who he was because he's like a total Star Wars nerd. But I was, I had to ask. I was like, is that Luke? <laughs> It was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And I thought the little moment at the end was so sweet when they were saying goodbye and he takes off his helmet. And I was like, I oh. cried. Same. Okay. Yeah. It's been so a minute somebody... since the puppet made me cry, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a question, though. If somebody can answer this question for me. Sure. Okay. Tell me why the stormtroopers have all this armor. And all this, you know, body gear and everything. And then you can take them out with one single shot. 
Like it's I symbolism. don't understand that. It's only symbolism. Yeah. The the it, armor is not functional. It's all about creating an image for the, the same reason we had up armored SU or up armored Humvees in the two different Gulf Wars that still got blown to bits. Military wow. theater. Military theater by questionable regimes. I like that. Let's not get, <laughs> hey, let's not get Lucas on his soapbox. <laughs> he can go there. Now, here's what's really funny. We've been uh, talking all about uh, this Mandalorian season two finale, and JR has only heard. I, I prefer, I have my own sci fi addictions. It's just not Star Wars. What, what is it's it? Definitely. Right now I'm watching a um, series, two of them actually, on Netflix. One called Glitch, which is out of Australia. And it's about people returning from the dead. Oh, I know. Yeah. I think, I think really I know good. Yeah. That's been on my and, list. And then uh, I also started 40, the 4400, which is about all these people that have been, I guess, abducted. And they come back to Earth uh, in a ball of light. And so now you've got people like a little eight-year-old from 1920s. Her parents are obviously dead because it's present day. And it was it came out, I think, in 2017. And it's cool. Yeah, Wait. I was going to say, I watched about 100. I can tell you. End of the 4,400. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought I might have misheard. You're the Walking Dead world beyond Walking Dead, Walking Dead fandom right here. Well, that's you and Lucas would get along just fine. I know about the comics and the show, but I stopped watching after uh, season eight, and then I tried to watch uh, Fear of the Walking Dead. Yeah, I've never been a Walking Dead fan, but uh, we got to talk about this: um, the dark saber battle with Moff Gideon and Din Djarin, the Mandalorian. I love yeah. seeing the the dark saber in action. Oh boy, yeah. And um, Moff Gideon has turned into my favorite villain to hate. Because <laughs> mm. it's the actor. It's mainly the actor. He plays the same role in every show. Yeah, he was great was in uh, Boy. That Aubrey. It's uh, is actually is the MVP on Breaking Bad if you if you get outside of uh Well, uh, I've seen that. Who who, who? Uh the guy that plays Moff Gideon in uh The Mandalorian the show we're talking about. Giancarlo Who's he playing Breaking Bad? Show show the picture. Have you seen well, Breaking Bad? Yeah, loved it. He's he's the 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 big the big drug kingpin. The older oh, African American oh. guy that owns the chicken choice. Okay. He's the chicken yeah. man. Love yeah, the chicken he's, man. He's an incredible villain, but he does do, uh, it is fair to say he does a similar shtick in everything, but that's mm-hmm. kind of the nice thing is when he shows up, you know what you're about to get. Kind of like <laughs> Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody ever see The Boys? Yes. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. great yeah, in The Boys. He's in that. Two. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the head of... I started uh, watching that. I, I love the second season. Now, speaking of, we're going to finish up on the Mandalorian guessing here in just a minute. One of the other things that I loved was um, we had Bo-Katan, Cara Dune, uh, Fennec, and um, Mercedes going through the station, kicking absolute ass. And it only occurred to me, like, towards the end of that scene, I was like, oh, wait a minute. These are all women. They didn't, like, have to throw it in our face but these were like awesome kick-ass chicks. Yeah, I just want to say, <laughs> I just want to say, I didn't notice until like right after. I was like, "Oh wait, this is the girl power moment." Um, I was going to say, I do appreciate when they do it right and don't mm-hmm. try to do it like Avengers Endgame style, <laughs> and uh, kind of like in the boys, I felt like they made them kick ass too. In the end, but yeah. But okay. even in the boys, I thought it was a little bit in your face. 
It's because it's been a run-on joke throughout the entire thing, making True. fun of Avengers yeah. Endgame. And so at, in the end, they switched up something from the comics that was actually when they all uh, stomped Stormfront. Yeah. So they changed it to all girls since, I mean, they already changed Stormfront to a girl anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's an example of how writers and producers and directors will fall over themselves in the wrong way in the effort to, to play to a social topic. Um, and this is as, as the Enfuego liberal on the screen, that's me saying that I, I don't like when it's so forced because to me, it's just as illegitimate as ignoring the issue. If you are going to go through all the trouble to try to do the right thing, and then you have to brag about it in the way you write it or present it, then you're really not doing anything. You're just, trying to go through emotion and show it off. Cater um, to a certain audience. Yeah, and there's, no, there's not even a need to do it, to cater to anybody. Just do it. The, the whole idea, anybody that calls for inclusion, they're asking just for it to be done, not for it to be like, look at us, our script is so proud of what we've done. <laughs> you know, it's it's unnecessary bragging, and it really takes away from it. I think it does more harm, really, to make it too big of a deal. Speaking of girl power, Cindy Kep is watching. Good morning, Cindy Kep. Uh, Cindy Kep is a, a great friend of mine online and a big supporter of the show and uh, all of the stuff that I do. She's kind of one of my super fans. Good morning, Cindy. Glad that you joined us. And for those of you who are watching, anyone who wants to uh, interact with us, you can post a comment. We'll post it on the screen and we will react to it. And um, that's how this show works. So uh, one last thing and we'll get off the Mandalorian. He just got off you. Um, <laughs> did nobody else but Lucas get that joke? Okay. Why well, wake um, up? It's early. Um, it's early. <laughs> I will say that this whole episode felt like a big middle finger to Kathleen Kennedy, J.J. Abrams, and Ryan Johnson. Rightfully so. And I think that this episode, as much as fans are, you know, fangirling over it, creates a lot of problems for the sequel trilogy. See, the, one of the first things I said to Alexander, my 13-year-old, uh, was this sets up Grogu as a peer to Kylo Ren. Or Rey. Oh, Kylo Ren is in this? Well, no. He's, he's no, not as much of a peer to Ray because we don't know the future of who might who might meet each other out of pupils. But oh, in but the Grogu Luke, would have been a pupil in the in the Jedi Academy. Yeah, I would okay, have to yeah. assume Grogu would be right there at the same camp academy, etc. Yeah, because he's only running. fifty. Right. So I, you know, I don't know how it, but it sets up this this mind swirl of possibilities that he meets. Ben uh, at some place in the academics. So that could be an interesting idea. I don't know that it messes anything up, but it definitely opens the, the door is wide right now because we don't know where the Mando story is going, but we know it has to go somewhere because we don't have a settled saber issue. We've got the that. stinger, which I'm sure you're going to get to. So I'm not going to mm -hmm. blow it off, uh, off your list for you, Johnny, but the stinger after the credits sets up a new series and we've already got the Ahsoka series. So we, we, we we're going a lot of places already, and it's exciting. Well, there's already some debate about that stinger, whether it sets up a new series or whether it just sets up the next season of The Mandalorian. So, mm. again, we, we need to uh, put this out there. Huge, huge spoiler alert. There is an after credit scene in The Mandalorian where we see Boba Fett and Fennec going back to Jabba's palace on Tatooine and taking out everybody. We get to see Bib Fortuna, who has <laughs> taken over for Jabba, and in more ways than one, right? <laughs> that throw makes you fat. Bib Fortuna, <laughs> yeah. And um, blows them away. And then Boba Fett takes his seat on the on the throne of the, the crime syndicate. And uh, the next thing we see is the Book of Boba Fett, December 2021. Now, the season three of The Mandalorian is coming out in December 2021. So 
a lot of people are saying, okay, is this a different series or is this going to be the next chapter of the show? Is it in December? I, I, Mandalorian yeah. tends to be timed in different, but then we don't know the COVID impact. That, well, and that's why. Um, and a lot of people are like, we can't wait that long. So, oh, please, Game of Thrones fans would like to have a word. Yes, JR. <laughs> Fun fact. Um, Kylo Ren, played by Adam Driver, is from my hometown, and I did the one summer show with him and got to hang out with him. Cool. He's a really cool guy. Really cool guy. We were in high school within the same I mean, I, obviously I'm older than him, but we were in high school uh, within the same four-year period. That's pretty awesome. Hey, I didn't go to the same high can, school as him. So, so do you, like, have you stayed in touch? Does he know you? No. Oh. Um, no. <laughs> But his name's on the little playbill from the show we did. And I wanted to add this. So you were talking about going to the grocery store and having that little quip with the cashier about, you know, if you have enough toilet paper, you might want to pick up a copy of this book. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's great. It's a great, great reading material. It actually seems like it would be very informative. It's funny. It's pretty fascinating. It is, it is. You, you, it is. Buy toilet paper and the book at the same time and watch the face of the. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, well, hey, that's that's a good segue. But does anyone else else have any final thoughts about the Mandalorian season two finale? I feel like I did, but I forgot it now. Well, think about it while I transition to our weekly loot. So, Jr., you you reminded me of this. If anyone has, so December is my birth month. Uh, we celebrate my birthday all month long, and <laughs> DBRT is also born in December, December twenty fifth. Or can I remember yeah. this time? I'm a Sagittarius, um, so I'm a I, I get birthday presents all month long, and I got a few more this week. <laughs> Unmatched, Bruce Lee. Nice. Do you know anything about this game, Lucas? No, but uh, I've heard. So unmatched. And it looks so. It looks really like you know. I'm the I'm the design guy uh, in the herd at the moment. I think. And oh my goodness. And I love product design. So, wow. How cool it's, is that? It's it's a miniature battle game, um, kind of on the same uh, uh, learning spectrum as um, uh, King of Tokyo. Hmm. So it's it's an easy to play game. Fun for the whole family, and it's miniatures. Um, I also picked up, and this is relative to the geek world. Can anyone tell me why the Lindsey Sterling Christmas album is relevant <laughs> to the geek world? <laughs> Lucas, you're not allowed uh, to answer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you, you really? I can't. I can't see. That. Well, I'm stuck on something that's probably completely inappropriate for your. For your Probably. podcast, and especially now that D's uh, little one has joined us, <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't see the details enough to know if there's something I'm missing. No, Lindsay Sterling. You, okay. <laughs> Lindsay Sterling made her name famous um, doing steampunk and geek uh, styled music videos. She's a violinist. Everybody knew that. I didn't know that was your trivia fact. Oh no! Well, <laughs> I thought it was the outfit or the. She's almost making that that face. The uh... she's catching snowflakes <laughs> on her tongue. Right, and, and this is her on the back. Um, anyway, did did D Aubrey Jr. Did you know about Lindsay Sterling? And she was that's one I didn't know. Geek yeah. icon. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got great. that. And I also got, I'm so excited about this, the first released EP, Incredibly Hard to Find, by Greta Van Fleet. These guys are awesome. These guys in Chick are awesome. They sure are. Aubrey, D. I've seen them live. Have you gotten into Greta Van Fleet? Sounds familiar, but no. Basically, imagine a, a Led Zeppelin for today's audience with a little bit of a black crow spin yeah and throw some skin yeah a little bit yeah now the last thing i'm gonna show you is ridiculously huge 
and ridiculously heavy. You guys know I'm into board games. And this is a game that I backed on Kickstarter and finally got it. Reich Busters. <laughs> but look like at the, the size Reich? of this. Yes. Yeah, it's set during World War II. And it, well, this is just one box. I got the three expansions. <laughs> yes, there are three expansions. And I got the first expansion, the cargo hold, which is just as big. Wow. This, I'm not going to get anything out because it is literally 92 miniatures. Wow. In the one box and 102 in the other. What is it like a World War World War II version of Risk? Um, yes, yeah, it's like Risk on steroids. Yeah. Gotcha. Jeez. So uh, that was uh, my my birthday loot. Now, before we go on to our main topic, um, we've got to acknowledge a sponsor, and uh, we'll do that right now. The League of Impossibleists. <laughs> I have a couple of loot items. I took your your outline seriously. I sat in the, in bed last night and did some research and stuff. Same. Um, so I ran into this. Uh, if you're in Nashville, Chattanooga, Knoxville, I don't know if they have them elsewhere, but McKay is uh, a yep. legendary resource for pop culture nerds of all stripes. And it's always good to just look in the miscellaneous figures and figurines section. And someone had turned over this awesome little black and white daily bugle hanging Spidey. And it's super cool as just a nice little desk accessory. I like it. I grabbed Very it for cool. six bucks. But the big loot I don't have yet, but I wanted to tell you about it and all the guests and viewers, even though I don't want more competition. My favorite beer is doing a weekend thing starting at 11, 11 a.m. till 10 p.m. tomorrow. They are hosting an online 8-bit dungeon crawl old-school video game. RPG style, make choices and navigate to the dragon. And if you make it to the dragon, a digital 20-sided die will roll. And they are giving away prizes from the brewery, merchandise, uh, and then a whole bunch of other stuff. They've got a shield that's got the dragon on it that's made of the bourbon barrels that they, that they age some of their beer in. The top prize is a Game of Thrones-style throne made of the barrel slats. But it's not that prize that I'm after. It's the special edition PlayStation 5 with dragon slashes and the dragon logo on the mm. side of it. And they're giving away two of those. So even if you're just casually interested, there's a, there's a way to tweet to be in the sweepstakes for the random drawing. But it's my favorite beer brand. It's from Michigan, New Holland Brewing. What's the, uh, what's the brewing company? New Holland, and they make dragon's milk. Okay. So these guys have a they have a great idea of their culture, and they're just so hard core working that theme. I mean, it's just everything about it is hilarious. The names of the prizes are awesome. It's all retro nostalgia based, and I'm going to play. Uh, if you're allowed to play multiple times, my son and I are going to play all day. I mean, my dad, who is of legal age, and I are going to play all day. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Jr., you said uh, you took the outline seriously. Do you have some fun loot that you found? Yeah. Oh, but of course. Okay. 
I love Cards Against Humanity, but I have really enjoyed this game. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I've seen that on the show. Yeah. Tell us and all about I it. I had to get this one. Ooh, the uh, the nice. not NSFW. Yeah. Yes. So I feel like it just um, it takes Cards Against Humanity and just ups it ups its game a little because now you've included a visual. So when you play Cards Against Humanity, for people who may not be good speakers or how to give a punchline when you're going around, if you've ever played this played that game, you don't really necessarily need to because the visual of this game helps that. So it still provides tons of laughs. Hey, Cindy kept just commented. I guess she's talking about Reichbusters. There's no such thing as a short game of Talisman. I've not played Talisman. I've Lucas, seen it played. It takes a minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I'm I'm like quick, easy, super quick. D, you got any loot for this week? Cereal. <laughs> the no. cup. Mine just my cup. So, so look, it's all black again. Yeah, so it changes colors with the heat. Now, this is a funny story. <laughs> D. Barty is a huge Superman fan, specifically. Don't tell that story. Don't tell that story. I'm, I'm, I just <laughs> muted her mic. Um, <clears throat> she is a huge Superman <laughs> fan, specifically. <laughs> specifically, she is a Dean Kane fan. Uh, and we had the opportunity when we were hosting Tales of the Geek on ComicsPriceGuide.com to meet Dean Kane at an event, and um, it was at a Wizard World. And um, oh, she unmuted her mic again. I, I have control. I have master power. She. We met Dean Kane, and, oh. <laughs> and and she she uh, she sidled up to him, all you know, fangirl eyes. And proceeded to lower her pants to show him the tramp stamp Superman shield on her hip. And um, the, 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 and story goes that, the story goes that she actually asked him to sign it, but he refused. And here's where it gets really funny. She came back several times to talk to him again, and she, he put out a restraining order against Debarty. That's me. The next time I saw Dean Kane at another Wizard World event, he was like, <laughs> Is that crazy girl with you again? <laughs> now, and if you that time, said that, it might have been believable. That it didn't happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. It's early. No, the truth me. is, him and I traded. Tattoos. He showed me his. I showed him mine. We hugged. He hugged me tighter, and it was so sweet. And I gave him my phone number, and that was it. Okay. Was yeah, he very good? Good? Why was that such a bad story then? John makes it up. No, it happened. It <laughs> but happened. I did all this in front of my husband. <laughs> oh. Okay. Do you so, did you save the text that you uh, sent him? I didn't have his number. <laughs> so, while we're telling good stories, <laughs> J.R. Otto is a former bombshell kitten, and and she performed with me in a show that we did at um, Bear Hollow Resort in where where was that? Mont Eagle. Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, so she played Lana Lamore and sang the song Fever. And to get to that song, I had created a magic trick to change costumes for her on stage. It was an escape, a magic escape, where she goes from this ball gown to a, um, a little short jacket and and briefs and so we we dropped the curtain to show the costume change and jr isn't wearing her briefs she has nothing on her bottoms no that's not true oh, yeah. Let i me, had underwear on listen. It, was like, it was like a three-layer setup 
No, no, underwear. no. You did not. No, you did not have underwear because I no, was there. I, I did. I, 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 back, I, didn't, I turned I did. back and I saw Muffy staring at the audience, and no. I looked at and I looked I at where you. Where you're at, dude. He's and, making that up. I had and underwear. You, on. no, you did a side. <laughs> if, if, if you had underwear on, you wouldn't have had to turn to the side and prop your leg up. And she sang oh. the entire song, butt naked from the waist down. No. With, with in in a special pose that concealed her nudity, and and my husband was in the audience. He'll tell you I wasn't naked. I had Johnny, underwear you on, sure? and then I had you had you had a jacket on. You didn't. Are you sure that the underwear just weren't really tiny? Maybe they're just tiny, tiny underwear, Johnny. Yeah, I had underwear on that covered stuff and very flesh colored, so I could everybody see. Everybody liked it more. Everybody was more thrilled. Mission accomplished. Well, as far as the audience was concerned, you were naked. From the waist down, but you still sang the song like a champ. Let's do it now. Dum, no, dum, dum, <laughs> no, dum, I already told you I'm not singing. <laughs> Come on, no, man, no, 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 give us I'm one, one verse of fever. No, you could go out dum, online and catch it because it's on dum, YouTube, actually. <laughs> John will per Pika will provide a link for you folks because it's out there on YouTube. Me singing, and my husband was gracious enough to be the guy on the stage. But it's out there. All right. Time ago. <laughs> I'm I'm so disappointed we don't get a song from the world's greatest vocalist. No, no, um, no, no. It's too early. You can do a, a podcast. You got me up Christmas album next year. That's a feat. All right. Hey, at least right. you know Ichabod. I refuse. <laughs> so, be, believe fibber. it or not, believe it or not, uh, we still we only have 20 minutes left. Uh, and we got a lot of stuff to talk about, but Aubrey, what's going on with cyberpunk? Bad, bad stuff. <sighs> I know it's virtually unplayable on the last gen consoles, so therefore Sony had to issue refunds and Xbox has to issue refunds. It's delisted from the PSN store, um, I think for both PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. Uh, the bugs are pretty comical. Uh, I've seen a, uh, and it's crashed. Uh, I've seen the game itself crash on just about every system, as far as old, last gen, new gen, and PC. Um, the game uh, itself, as far as like the story and everything, it seems pretty cool. I love Keanu Reeves. Um. But and it's not is, it's not the next coming of Jesus like everybody thought it was going to be. But I knew everybody was going to be disappointed no matter what happened. And this is the game that was delayed, what, two or eight. three times? Eight uh, times? No, it was uh, in development for eight years. I know it was first announced in, wait, no, seven years. 2013, I think, is when they first announced it. Or 2012. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, I had uh, not heard about this colossal failure. I was aware of the game. I just wasn't. I, I don't have enough time to get into another game. But the graphics wow. are awesome. Except it's yeah, it's virtually unplayable in the last gen consoles because uh, for one, it barely makes it over twenty frames at best, and um, that's obviously way below obsolete. And it mostly runs at 30 frames uh, on the new gen, which is not what people wanted. They expected 60 frames, obviously. And you're lucky to get it at 60 frames on PC, so you might as well just play it on the console. Um, that's pretty much everybody's point of playing it on P playing anything on PC is because of the frame rate. Who's and, the publisher? What's the uh, CD project? CD project Red. Uh, what are, give, give us some other hits because I'm a casual gamer that obsesses over the occasional game. So uh, there, there was there was an the other game that was uh, named I actually wasn't familiar with. And uh, when I when I posted on Facebook, a couple of people said, "Oh, well, that's kind of typical," but I didn't know that. Of course, everybody was so hyped for this game, and it didn't matter how good it, it was going to be when it came out because 
it was just so overhyped. It's not going to live up to expectations. They spent money too, a lot of money. They lost, a, yeah, they lost uh, at least a billion dollars uh, at launch. Jeez. Yeah, and and so now they're uh, issuing refunds to everyone. I've never seen a video game developer issue refunds. I've never Ooh. seen placed at Sony ever issue refunds ever. Now, my son is playing it, and he says his copy is just fine, so he's not going to... There are people who are uh, not having not, as many issues, no. PlayStation 5, so... I've seen it, it people with okay. issues, though. Um, yeah. I've seen... Um, there's a streamer on YouTube that was trying to play it, because actually a lot of people had a copy for PS5 and PC, and they were experiencing problems on both. And I watched one guy, he... He his app crashed several times on PlayStation Five, but some people are like, "Oh, well, mine's just fine." So you're just a baby, but you know that kind of deal. And Michael Mackenzie Mitchell says CD Projekt Red made the Witcher games. Lucas. That's that's the other one that was no. I haven't played that one yet, but everyone loved the Witcher. Sounds like they might not make a lot more games. <clears throat> no, it could be a, a, a sad story. So, um. Hey, Michael, I see your message about room for one more, and normally we would, but we've only got 15 minutes left, and we got stuff to talk about. This is our Christmas episode, and I love Christmas, and so I wanted to talk about our favorite Christmas movies as we close out. Um, I'm going to start, what do you guys think about The Muppets Christmas Carol? This is my number five favorite. Eh. Hey. I can't say I'm going to be the weird one and say I haven't seen it. <gasps> Me either. I haven't what? either. What? Yep. You know, I like it, but when I made my list, the what Christmas was your number Carol, five, Lucas? The Christmas Carol, my, I didn't put them in order because I really have a hard time doing that, but the okay. Christmas Carol on my list is Mickey's Christmas Carol. Okay, that's respectable. I, that was the first Christmas Carol I truly came in contact with outside of community theater presentations of the actual play. Then I went from there. That's such nostalgia for me on that nice, concise little 26-minute Mickey version. All right. I can, I can dig that. Anybody else got uh, a number five? I didn't have an order either. Well, go ahead. <laughs> Tell us one of your favorites. Uh, Santa Claus. Uh, with Tim Allen. Oh, the Santa Claus. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's a classic. Jr. Uh, I didn't put him in order either, but probably the bottom would be. I, I'm trying to think of the name of it, but it starred Dudley Moore, and it was like the Santa Claus. But yeah, the the Santa Claus movie. Yeah, uh, Dudley Moore uh, came out in like I want to say '82. Mm-hmm. That one, yeah. and then uh, Scrooged is on my list. Okay, as well. Scrooge. That's that's an adult. Christmas movie, absolutely sure. D. Barty, Home Alone. All right, that's a good one. That's one that could have been on our list last week. You know, movies you didn't know were a Christmas movie. Oh um, come on, you know that's a Christmas movie. Oh, I, know, I know, I know that, but you don't think of it as a Christmas movie right off the top. Yes, you do. Every they leave for Christmas. They leave him home alone during Christmas. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. Everybody um, knows that. But so, this is one of my favorites, too. Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Mm-hmm. Brilliant performance by him. Yeah, very. I saw that in theaters. Yeah, we watch it every year. That's a, that's a family movie night. Uh, what about this gem? Does everyone no. know White Christmas? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nope. Mm-mm. That's oh, being Frank Sinatra, right? No, that's um, uh, Danny Kay. My bad. Um, yeah, Bing Crosby, Danny Kay, Rosemary Clooney, and uh, Mitzi Gaynor. Now, if if you've never seen this movie, Aubrey or Dee, you need yeah. to watch A White Christmas. It's a, a magnificent, feel-good family movie. Isn't that where the song Sisters comes from? Sisters, Sisters, sisters come. Yeah. Ever, whether ever to say whatever, I forget the song. Yeah. Yeah. And, You're missing some of the top dogs, though, John. There's other Christmas movies that are you haven't hit them yet. Well, 
these are my top five. But you guys can <laughs> you guys can comment and, and add yours. Okay. I, you guys didn't send me graphics or, or a list. So uh yeah number two for me is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That was yeah. on my list. This That's may be the funniest movie I've ever seen in my life. Yep. That is number one it, it, all the way. I, I do like that one. And Dee Bartiz shaking her head again. Are you guys, are you guys not Christmas <laughs> movie? You don't care. How do you, how do you not care for uh, an ass in his bathrobe emptying a chemical toilet into his sewer? <laughs> was that your number two? That, yeah, <laughs> that was, Lucas. That's a good one. Yeah, that is my number two favorite Christmas movie. Um, and then my number one is A Christmas that's Story. Of course. That's on, that's on my list. Yep. yep. This was my childhood I've never seen it. growing up. What? Have you guys 13. ever seen the live performance of this of this movie? Have not. It was really good. It got my. It's what got my son into it. So. Oh wow! Really? Cool. Okay. Okay. Well, Johnny, so, you left out uh, Christmas Chronicles, which doesn't need to be on a, on the top five, but I put it on I my love list that. because I wanted to be able to specify that Christmas Chronicles and not its sequel are the ones that are on my list. The sequel we watched, and it just did not do it like the first one. The first no, one... I agree with you. Was so original, so creative and refreshing. And then the second one was like, eh. Yeah. So we really enjoy that one. And, of course, I had Elf on my list. I, I would I would say those two are also in my top ten. Um, and I really debated on Christmas Chronicles versus Muppets Christmas Carol. But mm. I put Muppets Christmas Carol on here because, one... I love the Muppets. Jim Henson taught me everything I know about creating a show. And uh, Disney restored it to its original version with the song, um, The Love is Gone. The Love is Gone. And those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, you haven't heard that song before hmm. unless you own the VHS copy like I do or you saw it in the theaters when it was first released. They cut that song when they went to DVD and Blu-ray, but Disney found the masters and the version on Disney channel includes that song in its entirety. Cool. So, so the that's Disney a plus version has that. Yeah. Disney plus awesome. version. Awesome. All right. What other ones did I not mention? DBRT. What's like the Christmas movie that you guys have to watch every year. Uh, yeah, the Grinch and the Santa Claus. But I have to tell you this. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. So I found the other day a Christmas Carol movie, but it was like real people. And I don't know the guy's name. But on uh, X-Men or Xavier. Aww, oh, X -Men. oh, oh, anyway. oh. The guy on Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, so he played. Yeah. Uh, the main character. Yeah, Patrick is, oh, Patrick Thank you. Yeah, Patrick yeah, that's. It. And I think that's didn't it. he do that in the stage version first? He did, he and did. then they got him to do the film version. He did. Oh, it was my oh, good. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I was like, I can't, but it was made in 1999, and I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I never heard of this movie. <laughs> anyway, loved it. All right, what other ones did I miss that would be on your lists? Uh, well, I have a couple that probably wouldn't have been on anyone's list. Like, I don't necessarily have to watch them every year. Well, okay. One I do like to watch almost every year is The Family Man with Nicolas oh, Cage. That's okay. Great. I liked uh, one of, um, Surviving Christmas with Ben Affleck. That was actually that one of my favorite Ben Affleck movies. Um, you had a good one? Yeah, I liked it. It's funny. You never seen uh, Surviving Christmas? No, because I, I I have yet to see a good Ben Affleck movie. Well, you know what's funny is when I was little, my brother rented it, and I watched it after they did, after him and his girlfriend did, and I was like, you know what? That's probably the only good Ben Affleck movie. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I would have to say Jingle All the Way. With uh, the original one with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold. yes. Okay, yeah, I, I I'd forgotten about that one. That, that's respectable. Go ahead, Jr. 
I, I like humorous movies, so I, I my brain just popped up Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. Okay, I haven't seen that one. That's funny. <laughs> that's not that's not a family friendly movie. Depends on what your family's like. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Christmas with the Cranks was pretty cute. Mm. See, yeah, Christmas with the Cranks doesn't have Jamie Lee Curtis in it. Yeah, and Tim, Tim Allen, Allen, Jamie Lee Curtis. I thought that movie tried too hard. Uh, it's cute. It like, tried to be funny. Would but, um would have what's that movie called? Um, it was the sequel. Uh, Daddy's Home, I think the second one would that count as a Christmas movie because it took place around Christmas time. The one that I don't had know. I've never seen it. It had Mel Gibson as Mark Wahlberg's dad and uh, the other guy as Will Ferrell's dad, and I'm pretty sure they came. Uh, to visit for Christmas. That was yeah. actually pretty entertaining for the most part, but I can't remember how it ended. Maybe mm-hmm. that would be on your movies that you didn't know were Christmas movies list. Like Die Hard. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. what we did I struggled, I just yeah, struggled with that. I almost put I've Die Hard I've never seen Die Hard. Principal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did that last week. Die Hard was on the list with Gremlins and Batman Returns. Uh, um, but uh, Daddy's Home 2 might be one that we need to check out. Uh, Joe McKeel says a Christmas story must be watched at least once all the way through every year. I agree. We put it on. Yep. We we put it on a a loop marathon um, like TNT. Well, it plays on TBS, I think, all day long on Christmas Day. I don't have cable. So we have to. What I'm trying to figure out is like, how am I going to watch the app (laughs) on your Roku? All right. one One last question. So. I'm going to go round robin. Favorite Christmas song, hated Christmas song. What's the one song that it's not Christmas till you hear it? And what's the one song that you try to avoid all Christmas season? Aubrey, go. Uh, I would have to say uh, Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney is my favorite. And I can't think of my least favorite or hated one. All right. Think of that. D Barty, go. My favorite has to be 12 pains of Christmas. It's hilarious. And oh, yeah. it's yeah, it's not Christmas time. You're so smart. You ain't got the lights. Um, and my most hated song. Well, <laughs> so my kids love it, and they sing it all the time. And I'm like, oh, my God, if I hear this song one more time, I'm going to scream. It's uh, I'm Getting Nothing for Christmas. I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Oh, and Daddy are mad. Yeah, it's good. Wait, really? Do we have to sing this every second, every day? Um. All right, JR. Uh, favorite Christmas song would be River by Joni Mitchell. Not Natural. familiar. It's, it's fabulous. And I don't have one that I, I really don't. Nothing bothers me. I have songs I hate. There's just two, but they're not Christmas. Okay. Lucas? Uh, Pretty Paper, the Willie Nelson version. Ooh, that's, uh, that's my that's my fave, and and an interestingly weird trivia is that Roy Orbison released my least favorite version originally in '63, but Willie had written it and sold it to him. So in '64, Willie Willie made the one that we all know, um, and there have been other versions attempted. The Lumineers have a really kind of terrible version, um, and then this is not my least favorite song. It's just my least favorite song when people mess with it. And that's Baby, It's Cold Outside. Ooh, I was going to say that when, one. I was going to say When anyone tries to gender reverse and woke it up, it just pisses me off because I think it's fine. It was written in context in a different time. That, it's adorable. Mm-hmm. It's been represented adorably many, many times by many age groups in many eras. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with the song. It's not about what people try to say it's about. Mm-hmm. So when that controversy comes up, it's my least favorite. But it's actually one of my favorites. Amen. Okay. Love it. And Cindy Kep uh, comments that her favorite is uh, Lulai or Lullaby My Liking uh, or Lully. I'm not familiar with that. And her least favorite. How could you not like I Want a Hippopotamus? I love that song. 
Cindy, what is wrong with you? That's one of the best songs ever. Um, my my all-time favorite Christmas song is literally anything by the Carpenters, but in particular, uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Uh, Karen Carpenter's voice is Yeah, it's very angelic. good. Um, I have four that I hate, that I run from. Feliz Navidad, hate it. <laughs> Simply having a wonderful Christmas That's time. That's criminal. I hate oh, it. So this is Christmas. Hate, hate, hate. Isn't that Happy Christmas? War is over. By yeah. Whatever. So this is Christmas. And uh, you, you got Yoko Ono, and if you play it backwards on it, you can hear her actually say, "I can't believe you bought this crap." Um, <laughs> uh, and and uh, uh, I said four, five. Um, last Christmas. I gave you my heart. Oh, kill me. I don't like that one. Yeah. The The Wham version is the best. I like it, but I'm avoiding it because I'm trying to survive Whamageddon. (laughs) The worst, the absolute worst Christmas song ever, ever, ever is that Mariah Carey abortion of a Christmas song. Um, uh, I can't even say oh, the title of it. All I want for Christmas, oh, I want for Christmas is you. Ah, uh, but it's great on memes when like they show all the rave kids in the street and then they play that song over it. It's hilarious. You gotta look the memes up. Maybe you'll like the memes or the video of Mariah singing it that one night, one time in Rockefeller Center, and she just wasn't having a good morning. That was epic. <laughs> that was like one of the hey. most satisfying moments in entertainment history for me. To see Mariah Carey, who I loathe entirely, (laughs) fall from grace. And now we're starting to get some comments. Brian Wenzeloff says, White Christmas is my favorite. Great one. Um, Cindy Kep says, I taught in a school that had a hippo for a mascot. They played it every day, every year between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Okay. Overload, maybe. That makes sense. Um, And Bill Webb says, It's Christmas time by Status Quo is his fave. And so this is Christmas sucks. Yes. <laughs> you know what's funny is that song. Um, you know I don't hate it like you do, but that song is is mostly a social issue song. But that's one of my favorite things about Pretty Paper is that people. It's a nostalgic song. It's pretty. It's a nice song. But when you actually listen to the song, it's about remembering people that are not as lucky as you. And and it's such a wonderfully yeah. low key, honest song. And Willie, how can you not like Willie Nelson? He can sing the phone book. It's called Pretty Paper. Uh huh. Okay, I've never heard of it. I'm going to go look it up. Look up the album. There's an album by the same title. It's Willie Nelson doing Christmas songs. It's just, it's been a family standard. We had the the vinyl in the 80s. I mean, it's. You guys go look up Joni Mitchell. She's from the 70s. I want to let y'all know my battery's dying. So if I just disappear, that's fine. Yeah. Well, hey, we we need to call it uh, uh, a show here because I got to get out to go move my dad. We're moving him from a nursing home to a uh, a private home today. So excited about that. Ben Parks says Lucas is the best. <laughs> Joe, Joe McKeel says his favorite Bing and Bowie, Little Drummer Boy, Hate. Pika called it Mariah, All I Want for Christmas. Yes. Let's ben end, is just uh, trying to sneak in the back door and be able to get audio on here to play Wham and screw up my running because his brother tried it on a voicemail and I couldn't make out the song and I got lucky. Ben's just trying to sneak in. Don't let him come in on audio. He'll he'll ambush me. <laughs> so let City uh, Cap says, "Let all mortal flesh keep silent." Comes in close for I I've never heard that. I'll have to hear it and. Bill Webb says, if you want a depressing, listen to a Christmas song by Jethro Tull. I've never heard that version, but I will avoid it. Um, all right. There were other stuff that I wanted to talk about. But we are out of time. So before we go, thank you, JR. And thank you, Lucas, for being with us. Um, I really, really appreciate you guys added a whole lot to the show this morning. And uh, you guys are always welcome anytime, Lucas, that you want to get up at 8 a.m. Next, I don't get this Saturday. pretty on a Saturday morning for everybody. Just you know, only for you. Next Saturday is our post Christmas episode, and we are going to have Dave Mattingly on. He is a Gen Con favorite board gamer and uh, geek aficionado from uh, Indianapolis. Aren't you from around there, Jr. Indianapolis? I'm from South Bend. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Playing he'll be with us today. He'll be with us next Saturday where we'll be showing off all of our Christmas loot. I can't wait. And um, and uh, also, if anyone has product or or projects that you want uh, to have us talk about on the show, send them to us. Send me an email. The address is right there, johnpica at johnpica.com. Speaking of which, if you like what you see and you want to support us and help us uh, improve the show, uh, drop us a tip at PayPal at johnpica at johnpica.com. And um, wow. That's it, guys. Cindy Kep left us with one last comment. Thanks for hosting the adventure. Y'all done good. Thank you, Cindy. And uh, thank you guys for joining us. That is our show for this morning. We'll, uh, until the next time, if you had fun, tell two, 300 of your closest friends and family to come join the fun. And until the next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. See ya. Bye.